Mutsiata Dishmaya, let's continue on our lessons here. Now, so far, just so that you know, we've been learning from a sefer that uh, Rabbi Zev Shostak Abishalom put together for us on speaking to God, which is a personal guide to making tefillah more meaningful. And now we're going to enter basically the last part of, of, of his lessons, basically, that he's been able to pull together from all sages and resources and so forth. And we're going to wrap up with this last lesson here. And then once we wrap up with this lesson, we're going to jump into, and I'm so happy to say this as well, we're going to jump into a, a safer that just came out, and uh, it's called... Uh, Rikshay Lev, Women in Tefillah. And this is brought to us by Rabbi Menachem Nisel. Okay, and it just came out actually, like Mamish, not even like a month ago. So we're going to go straight into the Sefer and we're going to learn. We're going to learn um, from Menachem, Rabbi uh, Nisel, on exactly on what it is to, to be a woman and be part of the process and the connection of tefillah with Hashem. And so this is amazing. And uh, Bezat Hashem, I'm going to start to um, invite more uh, students into this group. I'm not going to make a separate group. I'm just going to continue in this group. Um, unless if somebody feels otherwise that I should create a separate group, then I'll be more than happy to do that. Reach out to me and send me a message and I'll consider it. But I think we're going to just continue with these lessons because this all has to do with understanding our tefillot. And so I'm going to um, put a group link here after this last uh, lesson here from these teachings here. And I'm going to ask that everyone here starts to share them with everyone so we can bring more people into the group and start to learn, continue to learn about our tefillot. Okay, so as women, of course, because this is what's the most important part is how we connect to Hashem. So now let's continue and talk about prayers that require special kavana. Okay, so there are three types of prayer where specific intent is necessary. The first prayer is the Shema. Listen, Israel, my master, our God, is our one and only master. The most important prayer of all is the first verse of the Shema, where Jewish law requires anyone who has not recited the verse with the proper intention or kavana to repeat it, even if most of the passages of the Shema were already completed. The six words of the Shema are arguably among the most important verses in the entire Torah. The Shema prayer is one of the first we learn as young children and the last we say before we pass away. It's nothing less than our declaration of total allegiance to God, to Hashem, to His Torah and Mitzvot. Since the Shema is so critical to our beliefs, the Rabbeim wanted us to focus and concentrate on the meaning of its words. You will note that in the very first word Shema, there's a larger letter. Right, ayin. So in the last word, in the verse echad, the dalit is larger as well. And so together they spell out the word yad, which means witness. Uh, um, and, and so yad, which means witness. This lettering signifies that each of us is rendering testimony that Hashem is the one and only. It follows then that it's only appropriate to take great care in pronouncing these words. So in short, the Shema prayer is the essence of what it means to be Jewish. It's the ultimate declaration of the belief that God is eternal. He is, was, and always will be. He is our God, the God of our fathers, and will always be our God. So right now, only we, the Jewish people, recognize him as the one and only God. We believe that one day, all the nations of the world will come to recognize him as the one God. And God will shall be king over all the earth. And on that day, God will be recognized as the one God with the one name. And the second prayer where specific kavanah is necessary is the first bracha of 
the Shmona Esrei. The first blessing of the Shmona Esrei, better known as Avos, fathers, highlights the fathers of our people. Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. Our fathers endowed us with certain characteristics which made us a great nation. Our elders gave us the foundations of Torah and mitzvot upon which we stand. And they are our role models. And after all is said, we realize that we are their children, the children of Israel. So when we invoke their names at the beginning of the Shemona Eshwe, we're declaring that we are following their mission in life. We're stating that we rely on the Messorah. A tradition passed on throughout the generations. So when the words of Rashi, the source of our holiness, comes from our forefathers. If we don't recite the first blessing of the Shemona Esrei with proper kavanah, with proper intent, we're simply not fulfilling, not fully connecting with the teachings of our forefathers and our heritage. So ideally, one has to have the intent when reciting each blessing of the Shemona Esrei. If you're unable to recite all the blessings with the proper kavanah, the proper intent, at the very least, Recite the first blessing, Avos, with intent. If you did not have intent while reciting Avos, then you have to repeat the Shemona Esrei. Even if you had the right intent while reciting the rest of the blessings. So a special kavana that we have to have in mind, also in the first, we have to have, is in the first blessing of the Shemona Esrei, is understanding the meaning of the words. Rabbi Chaim Soloveshik declared that the prime kavana for the first blessing is the meaning of the words, while the essential kavana of the other blessings is to experience that you are standing in the presence of Hashem himself. So the third place that we have to have special kavana and intent is in the Ashrei prayer. You open your hand and satisfy every living thing with its desire. And the Ashrei prayer is the most prominent of all the prayers in the Pesuke de Zimra. The verses of praise recited before the Shema and its blessings. And once again, you have to repeat the verse if you didn't focus on the meaning of the words and mentally recognize that Hashem provides sustenance for you and all living creatures. If you realize that you did not concentrate properly on the potea kejadecha before or even after finishing the entire Ashrei prayer, provided that you have not moved on to the next psalm, you have to go back to potea kejadecha and finish the entire ashray again. If you realized your lack of attention after advancing onto the next psalm, you should conclude the entire prayer service and then go back to repeat ashray from potea kejadecha. And this verse is of such importance that a rebbeim declared anyone who recites a psalm of David, which is we see in Psalm 145, three times every day is assured of a place in the world to come. So among the poignant wording of this psalm, we find that there's a major concept spelled out in the verse quoted above. You open your hand and satisfy every living thing with its desire. So in these few words, we see Hashem's extraordinary role in supplying every living creature in the world with its needs on a daily basis. We can't begin to even imagine our terms, the magnitude of God's kindness. And so it's believed that there are 8.7 million species of creatures on earth. And Hashem is involved at every level with every single living creature. So true, Hashem satiates and supplies the needs of every living creature. But this powerful verse teaches us that he goes one step further. You open your hand and satisfy all life according to their wishes and desires. So just as humans have food preferences and tastes, so does the animal world. And Hashem cares about all of his creatures. And there's a fascinating question that remains to be addressed. Why does 
The recitation of this verse three times daily guarantee us a place in the world to come in Olam Abba. What's the hidden message in these words? So the former chief rabbi of British Mandatory Palestine, let Rav Abraham Yitzhak Cohen Cook, offers us a new understanding in this teaching of the rabbis. The selection of a psalm using the Aleph base symbolizes Torah, which includes every letter of the Hebrew alphabet or alphabet Rav Cook states that the Torah we learn is a prerequisite to knowing God but we cannot have the peace of mind to know God if our thoughts are preoccupied with making a living and this is why a Rebbeim teach us basically to internalize the concept of faith and trust in God's providence so when we are experiencing hunger and deprivation our faith is challenged and our trust in God bitahon is shaken but when we open our sidur three times a day or once a day wherever your whatever your, your minhag is and we declare you open your hand and satisfy every living thing with this desire sincerely reciting these meaningful words strengthens our belief in all in the all-powerful God we may justifiably pray dear god you take care of billions of creatures in this world supplying them with their needs can you please take care of me too so at the end of the day when we praise hashem for his magnificent provisions for every species and declare that god is the one and only almighty power and the basis of our faith derives from our forefathers we've touched upon three of the highest torah ideals universal hesed god's unmatched power and the mesorah heritage bequeathed to us by our elders and another thing is we're going to talk about is one of the strongest spiritual and emotional forces is music. And the holy temple we became close to Hashem through music. The Kohanim performed their service accompanied by the orchestra and choir of the Levites. Every musical accompaniment reflected the nature of the sacrifice that was offered. And sometimes when the offering was a sin or guilt offering, the musical rendition was somber and reflective. And at other times, the offering may have been a peace offering and the music was joyous. And in Psalms, in the Psalms, David Amalek often directs the composer Lenatseach. Song, music, and celebration highlighted all the festivals. So we can use this powerful tool to get into a prayer mindset by incorporating tunes of well-known prayers. And of course, some of the most familiar prayers like Adon Olam and Yigdal have beautiful lilting melodies. And when we sing them to ourselves before and after services, we enter the mindset of prayer. And in fact, these two popular prayers aren't really prayers. They are declarations of the principles of our faith. Yet when we sing them, we transform them into tributes of love to the Almighty. And moreover, prayer fulfills a directive to serve our God with joy. And prayer itself must be offered with simcha, with joy. We have other occasions during our daily services to express our joy. And among the more popular songs we learn from childhood and on are Ma Tovu Alecha Yaakov, Ana Bekoak, Rabos Meshavas Belevish, Ashrei, also Vehair Eneinu, also Avinu Avarachaman. By singing well-known songs, we evoke the joyous associations of earlier years. And so typically, a beginner reads most of the prayers in English until capable of reading Hebrew prof uh, proficiently. So while practicing reading Hebrew, a person needs to pray in English to try to understand the meaning of the prayers. And of course, making every effort to learn the holy prayers in the original Hebrew, particularly the Shema, is important. But during your learning period, don't regret that you could not pray in the original Hebrew. We believe and we know that God knows every language. Prayers that originate from the heart can reach the highest heavens and Hashem only wants the prayers that comes from your heart. 
So it's important for you to know what it is that you're saying when you're davening to your God. So to facilitate the process of better understanding the Hebrew, there's a number of sidurim that offer reader-friendly translations. A convenient format is a linear translation which aligns the English with the Hebrew beside it. So a transliterated linear format is ideal for the individual who is concerned with pronouncing the words correctly in Hebrew. And additionally, there's an immediate access to the English translation. And another form of translation is interlinear, where the English translation corresponds to the Hebrew words above it, making it easy for the reader to understand and follow the prayers. But for those who know the prayers by heart, Baruch Hashem, a high-level technique to improve Kavana is close your eyes and visualize the words of the prayers as you say them. And while your thoughts might wander, when you close your eyes for long periods, focusing on the words passing before your eyes can help you concentrate. So even when we're proficient in Hebrew, we generally feel more comfortable speaking to God in our mother tongue. And sometimes situations arise, often spontaneously, where we deeply feel the need to pray and compose our own personal prayer to Hashem and the place to insert this prayer is in the blessing of Shema Koleinu in the Shmona Esrei this practice is not only permitted it is encouraged by some authorities so in the blessing of Shema Koleinu one places all his aspirations towards Hashem by praying for all his needs large or small there is virtually nothing for which he cannot pray whether she needs to find a spouse for herself or for her children or to pray for a livelihood or to pray to god that she should succeed in the proper path certainly when one experiences a family hardship one should pray for any endeavor should pray in your mother tongue even if your speech is unclear and you are unable to pray properly in hebrew your prayer is beloved before Hashem as if you prayed an expansive clear pleasant and flawless prayer and through this prayer Hashem will hear our voices and will bring forth a favorable outcome as it surely has been offered with the proper kavanah for your heart is at one with his words Baruch Adonai Leolam Amen Ve Amen